Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Last week, uh, we, heard about, uh, we heard about St. Andrew and what he did to call his brother Peter, how he heard and couldn't keep quiet about who Jesus was, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the whole world. And this week, we see that Philip does the same thing with, 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 excuse me, with Nathaniel. There's a lot of things going on here, so I'll try to keep them pretty succinct. The wonderful thing about John's gospel is that he's very vague. <laughs> this means that you can kind of float around with what is actually being said, but I mean, everything that can be said about what's going on here is very, very good. In this, we see that the next day, after, uh, after Peter was brought to Jesus by his brother Andrew, now we see that Jesus goes, goes to Philip and says to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from the same town as Peter and Andrew. And then, he found, and, and then once he knew who Jesus was, he finds his friend his friend, his friend, uh, excuse me, he finds his friend Nathaniel and says to him, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. I mean, that's quite a title. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Jesus has been, a lot of, been called a lot of things up to this point in John's gospel. The Lamb of God. Uh, the one, the Christ, right? The son of Joseph. And here we will see that he also, the titles that he has climaxes in himself, calling himself the son of man. We see that what Philip does can't be helped because he knows who Jesus truly is. In some sense, it's a lot like what Andrew did. So I feel like on some level, I'm just repeating what I said last week. But it's a little bit different. Because we get a little glimpse into what it means to be called by Christ. And what it means to believe. And what Jesus does with those who believe who he is. With Philip, we see that he can't help himself. When he hears who Jesus is, when he hears Jesus himself say, follow me, and he goes and he learns who he is, it's like, you know, I've, I've heard it said, it's a lot like if you go to eat somewhere and you just love it. Do you keep that to yourself? This is kind of a, a weak, weak argument, right? I mean, it's, a weak comparison because Jesus compared to a good restaurant. I mean, you can't really do it. But to give you some context, if you go eat somewhere and it is just the best food you've ever had in your life, do you keep that to yourself? Well, maybe if you live in Fredericksburg, you won't tell any tourists because um, you want to keep it as a local spot, right? Local, stay local. But when you have a friend who lives in town and they've never heard of this place before, maybe it could be a hole in the wall, right? But it's got the best food you've ever had in your life. Are you just going to go home and just kind of 
Keep that to yourself. Or do you go to them and you say, you won't believe the place I ate at the other day. Oh man, it was just so good. It's a lot like that. What Philip gets is even better though. He finds out who his savior is. It's not just a good plate of spaghetti or or a good steak or something like that. This is the very bread that comes down from heaven, right? The one who feeds us. Salvation itself. And so, if you can't keep it to yourself about a good restaurant, how much more should you keep to yourself who Christ is and what He has done and what He does for you and for all who trust in Him? So Philip goes to his friend and says, We have found Him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus Jesus, uh, excuse me, Jesus of, 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 of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathaniel, being that kind of friend, <laughs> is a little skeptical, right? Don't you wish you always had that friend who just believed everything you said? Who heard you give that good recommendation and say, well, that sounds great. I'm going to go try that. But no, most of the time we have those friends who say, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. Are, are you sure it was that good? Right? So Nathaniel says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Now that's not to say that uh, Nazareth was podunk. It probably was a little podunk town, which speaks to the humility of Christ. But it's been said, at least by church fathers, that... That, that, that Nathaniel was one who actually knew God's word, right? He had been studying it. He was one who was waiting for Christ to come too. And so Philip probably knew this. And he's coming to him basically saying, you don't have to search anymore. We found him. We found the Messiah. He's in Nazareth. And But Nathaniel, being a good scholar of God's word, doesn't remember ever reading in the prophets or in Moses anything about Nazareth. So he's skeptical. He's not quite sure. It's a lot like if you ask your friend to come to church and they may go to a different church, right? That's kind of an obstacle for a lot of us is that when somebody else goes to another church, we just think to ourselves, well, they're okay. We don't need to bother them. But being Lutheran, we have the sacraments, right? We have the word. We have absolution directly given to you. And so if you have these things, how can you keep it to yourself? They're just so wonderful that how can you not tell people, I go to church every Sunday and I hear that my sins are forgiven. I leave church every Sunday being fed the body and blood of Christ for the forgiveness of my sins. Doesn't that sound wonderful? Don't you want to come? Come and see what that's like, right? But how often do we get dissuaded if our friends, or even just the fear that our friends may say, no thanks, Or, well, I'm busy that day. If they say no, at least you asked, right? Or you can be 
like Philip and not be dissuaded. And if they say, I don't know, that little, like, that little church right off, of, uh, right off the street there, I mean, it's, it's really pretty from the outside, but is it really that good? What would, hurt, what would it hurt for us to be like Philip and just say, come and see, come and see, come see what it's like. Because what happens if they actually go, if they actually take you up on the invitation, what actually could happen is actually very wonderful, right? And this is not to say, you, you don't have to say, even if, you know, if you want to, that's up to you. You don't have to say, my pastor is just wonderful. You got to meet him. He preaches so well. If you want to say that, that's fine. Um, you don't have to. That's fine. Because that's not what's important, right? Even if I was the most impersonable person ever, you still get the goods, Right? You still get God's word. You still get absolution. You still get the remembrance of your baptism. You still get the body and blood of Christ. Even if I may not be the most friendliest person or what have you, right? You still get these good things. Even if it was somebody different than me being up here, you'd still get them. So that's reason to say to people, come and see. Come and see what Jesus does what Christ does, right? So Nathaniel takes him up on the offer. And again, like I said, John is so vague here on what is really going on. It's so beautiful to see further into this and what you can pull out of this that when Jesus saw Nathaniel coming toward him, that means that he came in faith. He heard the good news preached by his friend and said, I want that. I want to see if that's for real. Jesus sees, he sees, he sees Nathaniel coming toward him and he says to him, behold, a true, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. A lot of people take what Jesus says there as if he was making a comment about what he said about Nazareth, right? It's like, oh, he knows what's up about Nazareth. It's not that great. No, what Jesus is saying here is he's saying that he's already a disciple because Jesus is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. The Lamb of God dies for your sins. Bear with me here. It's a bit of a connection but it harkens back to Isaiah and the suffering servant. The suffering servant goes forward to suffer for the sins of all, not complaining and not having deceit in his mouth. Ones who trust in Jesus are the same. They speak the truth. So Jesus says, truly, this is an Israelite. If he was a Jew, he would have said, truly a Jew. That's not the point. The Israelites now are those who trust in Christ, who are part of his church. We are Israelites in whom there is no deceit because of who we trust in, 
who Christ is for us. So read that differently from now on. See what that's like for Jesus to look at him coming toward him and saying, he already gets it. He understands. He believes. He knows who I am. To the point where Nathanael says to him, he says, how do you know me? How do you know that I trust in you? And Jesus says, before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. There's no mention of a fig tree that comes, uh, that comes before this. Again, John is beautiful with the pictures that he draws with his words that are just so broad, but if I can throw something else in here, the fig tree was believed to be the kind of tree that the knowledge that the tree of the knowledge of that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was. Why else do you think? Why else do you think that Adam and Eve, when they sinned, covered themselves with those leaves from that tree to cover up their sin? So the church fathers took this to mean that they tried to cover their sin with more sin. Jesus sees, he sees Nathaniel, just like he sees all of us, square under that tree of sin, holding on to those leaves that would cover us because we want to self-justify. And he says, before you were called by my word, by my promise, when you were under sin, I saw you. I called you out of that. To which Nathanael says, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. And this is what's kind of amazing here. Because Jesus says, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will, see heaven, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Now, there's more here as well. He's speaking to him directly. He's speaking to, to, he's speaking to, to Nathaniel directly at this part where it says, and he said to him. But if you read the Greek, when he actually starts speaking, He's speaking plurally to more than one person. It's as if he turns to the audience and breaks the fourth wall and says, truly, truly, I say to y'all. That's my Texan interpretation of this, right? I say to y'all, all of y'all will see heaven when it's opened. And the angels of God will be going up and down on the Son of Man, right? Well, they will... They will be traveling up and down on him. That all of y'all, by faith, will see that heaven has not been closed to you, but it's been opened. And when was it opened? If you look a little bit further back in John's gospel, I love this gospel. It's, it's one of my, it's, I love the word of God, but I love the gospel of John a little bit. It's, it's fantastic because what happens? Well, it's also in... The other Gospels, that when John the Baptist baptizes Jesus, what happens? The heavens are opened. The Holy Spirit descends like a dove. 
on Jesus. And doesn't just flitter away, he remains on him. On him is the spirit of peace. So in faith, we know that heaven has been opened to us through holy baptism. We know that Jesus is the Son of Man. Who is, who, is, is, who is referenced in Daniel chapter 7, that to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. That on him and on his shoulders rests our salvation. That in the Gospel of John, what we would see as the humiliation of Christ, the height of it, you might say his crucifixion. But in the Gospel of John, it is clear. The exaltation of Jesus, when he is lifted up for all people to be drawn to him, is on his cross. We see that by faith. Truly, truly, I say to y'all that all of y'all will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man crucified for your sins. Do you see what wonderful things can come from faith? What wonderful things can come for people who are simply told, come and see. Come and see who Jesus is. Come and see what he has done for you. When you know this to be the case, when you know what Christ has done for you, when you know that in his crucifixion there is glory, when you know that we are not perfect, that we are just simply jars of clay, but within us is God's grace, his faith, his favor, to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us, we can show other people that we carry in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies so that others might share in that beautiful treasure of salvation, so that others may know. So let us not be thwarted by even the fear of people saying, no thanks, I'm really not interested in going to church. No thanks. I go to church already. No thanks. I'm just not interested. We can be filled with the zeal that Philip is to say, even so, come and see. Come and see. Because, because without that invite, how are people to know? So let this, be, let, let this be some encouragement to tell people to come and see who Christ is. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.